0: the heavens declare your Your wonder my God you are great and you do marvelous things for you alone alone are God you alone are God there is no one one else else like you and they believe you but I declare you. that you, you have done great things. You have done great things. Everybody. Mighty, you Mighty you are, holy, holy you are, you mercy and worship you today, Lord God. Righteous you, are, Righteous you are. Great you are. Thank you, Lord I Jesus. I will exalt you. Holy, Lord, holy, 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 Lord God. My God, my King. You. Mighty you are. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy you are. Thank you, Lord God. Your mercy endure for it. Righteous see you Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord God. I will exalt you, Lord.
1: We bless you
0: today, Lord. My God, my
1: King. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads today in your awesome We realize at one time, being Gentiles, we could not even come into your courts. We certainly could not go in behind the veil where the Shekinah of God was. But because you loved us so much, you come to the earth to pay a price, to redeem us, that whoever would want to have life could have it. We're grateful. Thank you for dealing with our hearts, Lord Jesus, calling us to yourself. We're grateful today we're not called to a church, to a church system, to a political system, a religious system, but a living, resurrected Lord Jesus. Father, you see, we've gathered here today that we could sing and worship and pray and give witness to your power and also the hearing and the preaching of the word. We're just praying that you'd come among us and meet our needs. No doubt, these hundreds of people that are standing here today, there's so many needs and requests and desires. Plus the thousands of people that'll stream this service and those that'll go back and archive it later, you're mindful of the needs of your children, Jesus. Sometimes our needs become so great and so overwhelming that we don't know what to do. But we're so grateful that we have you that we can come to in the time of such need. Take your word today. Speak to us. Father, you see this handkerchief that I have here, Lord, your God for this need. Heavenly Father, Brother Short, we're praying for your mercy to him. Also, Lord God, we're asking you for Brother Louis, brother, Brother Bob, they're in the hospital and they've done several tests on him and still can't figure out exactly what's going on with him. But i send you a word today in the name of Jesus. May the Spirit of God touch him, Lord. Bring him out of that hospital, dear God. Make him well. Speak to every heart today, we ask, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't it an awesome opportunity to be a Christian today? To be able to live for the Lord Jesus in this hour of terrible darkness and so much is coming upon the human race and people don't know what to do they don't know which way to turn they don't know which way to look it would be the same way if it wasn't for the grace of god we're so grateful for him today remember um, september 23rd and 24th which will be saturday night and sunday morning brother Tim Burdett and his church will be with us and we're looking forward to that turn with me if you would today to the book of romans chapter 8 verse 35 how would like to find out a little bit more about your bill of rights today as a believer? I'm so grateful that God has given to us as his people so many wonderful things. As I study on this and I think, well, I guess I'm just about done with it. But until I find a whole lot more and that, I realize I'm not sure you can ever get done with something like this. It's so wonderful what he's redeemed us from and redeemed us to. And the redemption has two parts going out of and going into. Many people came out of the world, but they never really went into Christ all the way. So that's what we desire to do today by his help. Listen to this uh, profound scripture in Romans chapter 8. Paul, of course we know, had an understanding unlike any of the rest of the New Testament writers. God had called him with a special insight into his word. And even Peter wrote about Paul, and he said that, our beloved brother Paul, which writes many things which are hard to be understood. And he said that people twist them, or rest, W R E S T, which was twist, as they do the other scriptures. So can you imagine that the Apostle Peter was, was with the Lord Jesus personally, but he recognized there was something in Paul unlike any of the rest of the brothers had, and actually called Paul's writings the scriptures. That's awesome in it? So listen to these scriptures today. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Look at the word separate. Put asunder, divide, part, to depart, to leave a husband or wife of, of divorce. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, that's a question. How many knows the answer? Nothing. Nobody. Nothing. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, he's going to mention some things here. I find it odd in the way that he says it, because he says who, then he identifies what. Notice he doesn't mention any person's name. Or any demon's name, but what he identifies is who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? I thought he said who. Tribulation is that a person? Tribulation, which means look at the Greek word thalipsis, affliction, trouble, anguish, burdened, oppressing, and make him relate to tribulation. Oppressing, oppressing together, oppression, affliction, distress, straits. Now listen to this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed. Wow, this certainly doesn't sound like the Christianity that's preached today. The Christianity that's preached today is everything's going to go easy. You you come from the devil and come from the world, and first thing you get is a fleet of Cadillacs or whatever more. Um, Everything's so easy. That's not Bible Christianity. And the church said, As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. So not just once, I mean do it once and get me out of this misery. We're killed all the day long. Absolutely all the day long for the cause of the Lord Jesus. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are going to try our best to be able to hold on. And maybe we will be able to survive at least one out of 10,000. We are more than conquerors through feelings, through emotion, through shouting. We believe in all of that. But this is not the way we conquer. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. Now, Paul said, just in case I left anything out, let me blanket coverage everything from this point on. Any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Well, I'll tell you what, that's enough word. We could just say the benediction and go home and say, it's been good to be in the house of God. But let's comment on it a little bit before we go. What do you say? And the believers said to the word, Amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So from this, let me take another one of your blessed, wonderful inalienable rights that are given to you as the believers in the gospel of the Lord Jesus. It is a right that you are inseparable from God's program. Now, all of us, I'm sure, have had friends and we were so close to them, even maybe family members and maybe some of you are sitting here today and you find yourself estranged, as we call it, from a family member, maybe it's a brother, maybe it's a father, or a mother, or a grandfather, a sister, it can be an aunt or an uncle, and you at one time were so close and something came between you, a little simple misunderstanding, maybe it was something about money, maybe it was a disagreement about this and that, and that person that you felt so close to and they loved you so much and you love them so much and today you all don't even speak. And today you find yourself, when you think about that person, you find yourself feeling a very unusual feeling about them. It's it's an estranged feeling that you don't feel the same way you did before. And if you truly love that individual, I'm sure that you feel sort of sad. Because you reminisce of the good times you had together and you think of the days you spent together in family gatherings and you think of the things that you talked about and the fellowship that you had. Oh, but it's been six months, maybe a year, maybe it's five. And you thought your bind bind was together was so inseparable. But some little something come between you and now you don't even call, you don't text, you have no contact whatsoever because for the last how many ever times that you tried to reconcile with that individual, it wound up being in an argument and things was worse than they were before you ever tried to fix it. And then finally you say, you know what, I just don't know what else to do, but maybe I just need to pull away from my uncle, from my aunt, from my cousin, and just pray that God will work this thing out. But no doubt if you really love that individual, you don't feel the same in your heart that you did before. Now what is that? That's because something has separated something that was strong. Now, had it not been for the determinate counsel of Almighty God, there would every one of us that are saved and since the cross down through time, Satan would have found out a way to most likely separate every one of us from the love of God had it been based on our faithfulness, had it been based on our durability. Had it been based on our patience and our faith and so on and so on, anything that you base on human beings, it's very shaky. Anything that you base on human beings, it's questionable and more than likely there will be a failure. Now don't misunderstand me when I say it this way. There is no preacher, there is no human being that I put my ultimate confidence in. Because they will let you down. There is one that I put my ultimate confidence in and I know he will never disappoint me and that's the Lord Jesus. Now I've had really good close preacher friends and and then we get into a little difference of opinion about a certain doctrine or something, you know, whatever it would be and you try to reconcile and you go to sharing quotes and sharing scriptures and then you'll come to a spot where you talk about it and then you try to reconcile with that brother and then you realize, you know what, we just don't agree on this and seem like every time we talk about it, we get further and further apart so I think we're just going to have to let it be. But yet, you don't feel quite the same way because if anyone mentioned that individual's name and in your heart you say, oh my, I, I wish that wasn't there between us. I wish that wasn't there. But God knew that us as humans were totally unreliable to be able to be depended on to enter into an everlasting covenant and our fully, us fully keep our part. It's totally impossible. Moses could not keep his covenant with God. Adam could not keep his. Abraham could not keep his. There has never been one covenant that God ever made with man outside of his unconditional covenant by the Lord Jesus that was ever kept. The Torah, the Mishnah, all the great commandments that God gave to the children of Israel. And there was none of them that ever kept them. No, as God gave the Levitical order and the priesthood and the Levitical sacrifices and all that they did and there was never one person that ever kept the Levitical order that could ever keep God's covenant without a fault and a failure. And the Lord knows even under grace if God did not make this covenant to where it was totally dependent upon himself and not dependent upon us, There wouldn't be a one of us here that's even be saved. Well, come on, somebody. Because every one of us have fallen short. How many has fallen short of the glory of God? How many has made mistakes? How many still has to repent? Lord, I'm sorry. So what if God would have made a covenant with you? Now, I will do this and this and this and this as long as you obey every word. And as soon as you break one of my commandments, then I break my covenant and it's finished with you and I. And I will never again make another covenant with you. Well, I can tell you the first one in this assembly today that would have been disqualified, it would have been the preacher. Because I have made countless of mistakes and as bad as I hate to say it, I'll probably make a bunch more. And I'll go ahead and say it for you, more than likely every one of you are gonna make them too. The only way I figure that none of us will ever make any more mistakes is we have your funeral tomorrow night. Other than that, it's pretty much a given. We're all gonna fall short. We're gonna make mistakes. Come on, somebody, say amen. We are going to trespass against God's law. So how is it that we have a right which is inalienable? In other words, it can never be broken. God did not give us the covenant as it was the original Adamic covenant. God did not even give us the covenant as he did to the children of Israel. You can read about it, Deuteronomy 4, Deuteronomy 5, Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 31, Deuteronomy 33. You can read Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah 35. You can read how that God set forth his covenant and he said if you will do this, I'll bless you. I'll bless your coming in. I'll bless your going out. I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll Do this and this and this if you will do this and this and this. And God kept his part, but they didn't keep theirs. Why were the Jews driven out of the promised land? Because they did not keep their covenant. If it was not for the grace of God, every one of us sitting here today, and not only us, but every other Christian that has lived since the cross would have been alienated from the covenant of God and there wouldn't even be a Gentile bride in the last day but God could not make it on the trust or the ability of a human being to keep a covenant. I don't care how righteous you think you are today, how much you pray, how much you read your Bible, how many times you go to church, you help the widow, you help the poor, you do all of that. There's not a person in this building or a person around the world that has the ability in them to keep every one of God's covenant promises and never fall short of the glory of God. Now here are some of you come to church today and then think you need grace and I've done hit you right in the face with the awfulest need of grace of your life. You needed to praise God. You're gonna need grace to walk out of this building. You're gonna need grace to go to work in the morning. You're gonna need grace to believe God with all of your heart. Because it's not in us. Don't ever get in your mind that it's in me. Oh, I made up my mind. Glory to God. I grabbed the whole of the horns of the altar. I'm telling you one thing. I made up my mind. Oh, glory. It wasn't you doing any of that. It was the mercy of God. How many of you have made up your mind, I ain't serving God another day, I'm turning back, I can't take it no more. You done made up your mind, you done picked out, some of you sisters done picked out the new hairstyle you was gonna have when you had your hair cut off. You done picked out brothers, them pretty shorts you was gonna slip on. Some of them Bermudas, I guess, or some of them Hawaiian ones with them pretty pink flowers so you look like what you're portraying a big sissy. Well, preach, Brother Donnie. Some of you done picked out the brand of cigarettes you gonna start smoking. Some of you may have picked out the alcohol you was gonna start drinking. And all of a sudden, something got a hold to you that wasn't you. It was bigger than you, better than you, greater than you, more profound than you, stronger than you. Who is it? It's the covenant-keeping God. And he come by his grace and undergirded you in the time of your greatest trial and gave you the ability to stand there and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I was even thinking about going back to the world. I cannot think I was even thinking about such a thing. But what was it? Oh, you say, I got a hold to myself. You never done no such a thing. He got a hold to you. If he hadn't got a hold to you, you'd have got a hold to yourself and you wouldn't be in church today. It wasn't you. Oh, but I made up my mind. Yeah, and then tomorrow you'll change it again. But we're talking, about a God which made a covenant with Abraham and he did not say, Abraham, if you'll do this, I'll do that. And if you'll do this, I'll do that. But he said, as for me, my covenant is with thee. It was not upon conditions because Abraham lied. Abraham fell short of the glory of God. We're gonna have church today. Abraham lied, Joseph, oh, Jacob. Look at all of those patriarchs. Look at every one of the 12 sons of and what they all done. Look at Peter falling short of the glory of God, turned out to be a cussing preacher and denied the Lord Jesus that he even knew him. It was not that Peter was a great man. Peter was a coward when it come right down to it. How was it that Peter could i 'I'll tell you, Lord, I'll never deny you.' No, sir. John will. I know John ain't got the right spirit about him. James will deny you, Lord. And most all of you will deny you, but I'll tell you one thing, Lord. God. I'll never deny you. Hallelujah. I'll stand up here, praise God. Watch it, Peter. You're bragging on your flesh and God's going to humble it. I wonder how many of us was like, Peter. I'll tell you one thing. I'll be standing when there ain't nobody else. Uh huh. And God will let you fall flat on your big face and mash that big mouth of yours and that big nose of yours. And then you got to get up and say, oh Jesus, I'm so sorry. Forgive me, Lord. I thought I was strong, but I realized I ain't. Oh, come on, somebody. But God said, I'm not gonna make this covenant with their flesh. I'm not gonna make this covenant with their faithfulness, but I am going to make this covenant with my seed, which I will place inside of them. It will motivate them. It will mature them. It will drive them. It will lift them when they are low. I will make this covenant with myself And place a deposit of myself inside of them. And this will be what brings to pass a tremendous victory in the love divine. Because it's not my determination, it's not your determination. Hey, we're going to have church this morning. Oh, glory to God, Brother Donnie. I love Him so much. I do too. But there's times I've questioned that I haven't understood. Anybody be honest with the Lord today? Have you ever questioned, Lord, I don't understand this, and I don't understand? <bour abstain> I understand that. Why is this going on and why is that going on? But when my questions still don't get answered the seed of God is still there says so what you going to do? I said, what you mean what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep on serving him. Of course that's what I'm <laimer impressions> going to do. I'm going to love him. I'm going to go to church. I'm going <ithmetic> to preach. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do right. I'm going to live right. I'm going to speak right. Because there's something in me that's greater than me. It ain't me. It ain't you. It ain't even your great desire. It's the Spirit of God that says there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Amen. Notice this. The prophet said, God don't want you to be frowning. Everybody look at the screen, please. And let your face know you believe this. Go ahead. Easy. There you go. Huh? Huh? ah. Uh. Even science will tell you it takes a whole lot less muscles to smile than it does to frown. God don't want you to be frowning, God wants you to be happy. The human heart was made to be happy. Worry. You know what I find so amazing? The people are so terrified of cancer. They take all types of vitamins. They will subscribe to, oh my goodness, a little green worm down on Amazon that secretes a certain, certain thing. And that little green worm, if we can bottle that little fella and be able to get all this fluorocarbons and all this out of him, how many people take things every day to prevent cancer and worry from the time they get up to the time they go to bed? Well, come on somebody, do we believe this or not? So worry causes cancer. And you you thought it was just smoking. Well, smoking does. And lots of other things do too, but so does worry. Why? Because you're working against your own human heart. You was not made to worry, oh hallelujah. You were not made to carry everybody's burdens and try to fix everybody's situation. There's only one person that can do that and that's God. And I don't see God in this building here today. I see portions of him inside of you, but the greater we can get ourselves out of the way and be able to have a life. How many wants to be cancer free? Hmm. So, I wonder how many of y'all worry about the elements in the air and in the water. And you've got collagen water and you've got this. And some of you make your own flour and make your own wheat and you make your own corn and you make your own pancakes and you make everything else because you're scared to death of cancer. Scared to death, scared to death, scared to death, scared to death. And worried while you're making them cancer free pancakes. Worry will cause cancer, temper, oh Jesus. I'm gonna get down here and read this one. Temper will cause cancer. Don't never, how many needs help? Ah, praise the Lord. Don't never be upset, just walk in his love. So can you imagine how a person could not drink our water? And no, I'm not saying that a lot of these things are not in our air and our water and our processed food and a lot of other things. But do you understand that you can live in a society where they had no processed food? Live in a society, and I've been in some of those places around the world. where they do not have the things that you and I have, and they still have cancer. So you can live totally chemical free. You don't use any deodorant. God have mercy on those around you. But anyway, you you can live where it's totally chemical-free. Your water comes from a a creek. Your food comes off the trees and this and that and the other. And the whole time you're sitting there worrying, 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 and die with cancer just like somebody living in Chicago, drinking in all the bad water and breathing in all the bad air and eating all the processed foods. And you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't understand. Worry, you worried yourself to death. And how many times have we worried and our worry fixed a situation? Now please stand and give witness if you have. So tell me what you worried about and by worrying and worrying and worrying and worried and you worried your way to victory. You just just worried your way into a dance. (laughs) Glory to God, hallelujah. Worry led me right into this triumphal entry. Hallelujah to God. It stole your dance. Worry will steal your praise. Worry will steal your worship in the presence of God. Worry has no virtue, none. Help me, Jesus. Temper will cause cancer. Now, we won't dwell on that one too long because I do know there's some folks in our church who have temper, and I don't want them to display it on me this morning. <laughs> don't never be upset. Just walk in love, amen, knowing that you're walking in him and nothing. can harm you. There's nothing can harm you. There's neither powers, things present, things future, things can separate. Nothing can separate us from him. We never come in by our own will. He by choice elected us and brought, glory to God, brought into him. You didn't come because you wanted to. You come because he wanted you to. So in other words, I'm secure as long as he wants me. You're secure as long as he wants you. And he don't ever change his mind about his word. So if he ever thought of you, he can never sink a new thought of you. I don't want you no more. I don't love you no more. I'm going to divorce you out of my mind. He can never do that because he's God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Or you say, praise God, Brother Donnie, if that's the way it is, I'm gonna go out today after church and I'm gonna get drunk and I'm gonna do this and that and the other, you don't even know him yet. You see, once that hits your heart, it strikes you with such a reality, you don't wanna do anything wrong. You don't wanna do anything wrong. You don't wanna sin. You don't wanna see how close you can get to the world. You wanna see how far you can stay away from it. Why would you want to hurt a being like this that knew you could not keep a covenant? Impossible. So he said, this is what I'll do. The book of Jeremiah shall come to pass in those days. I will write my covenant upon their hearts. They will love me in spite of mama. They will love me in spite of daddy. And most of all, in spite of their self. You know, the bride's gonna be bride in spite of herself. You're gonna be saved in spite of you, you realize that? We're gonna be saved in spite of us. Most of us ain't worth a plug nickel. We're sorry. We go, I tell you what, some of the laziest people, people don't pray, people don't put forth the effort, near put forth the effort that drunks do. Drunks have to go to a lot of trouble some to get on drunk. They've got to drive a good distance, they've got to sell their, their, their car, they've got to sell the wheels off the car, they've got to steal. I mean, you, did any of y'all have to steal anything to come to church today? Did anybody have to hold up somehow on the side Their own side. I've got to go to church. I've got to get a fix. I've got to get a fix. I've got to go to church. Did anybody risk robbing anybody to be able to get gas to come to church? But drunks do it. Drug addicts do it. Why? Because they've got to have their fix. But not Christians. We've got to be pumped. All right, everybody. Let's praise the Lord. I just don't feel it. I'm so sad. I'm so burdened, and the old drunk gets up. Where am I going to get my fix today? <laughs> I don't care if it's an old lady. I don't care if it's a little boy. I need it. You ought to walk through them doors back there and say, "Devil, I need a good dose of the Holy Ghost. I need a good dose of joy." I need a good dose of just worshiping God, so I'm warning you right now, devil, you better get out of my way because I've come to the house of God. I'm gonna let all hell know whose side I'm on. I'm gonna praise him, I'm gonna love him, I'm gonna sing to him, I'm gonna bless his name, and I ain't gonna worry one minute. Because you see, when some folks come to church, that's when the religious worry kicks in. And then they go to thinking, if I raise my hands, what will they think? I mean, what what if I was to really yield myself to the Holy Ghost, and the Lord made me act like Brother Donnie? It ain't so bad, I've been doing this my whole life, really, it ain't that bad. Well, what what would people say? Uh-huh, cancer-causing agents. So you're worrying about this and worrying about that and worrying about somebody else and you're coming to the house of God to get free of your worry and you worry more once you get here than if you stayed home. Why, because you're so concerned about what somebody else thinks. I wonder what he thinks about us today. Is he pleased with the way you worship? Is he pleased with the amount of times you raise your hand and the amount of times you sing, or is he pretty dissatisfied? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Whew. Is it just me or is it hot in here today? Whew. So notice this. Nothing can separate us from him. We're in him. We never come by our own will. He by choice elected us and brought us. So it's his business to take care of what he's took himself. No man can pluck them from my father's hands because he's the greatest of them all. Amen. It's the father who takes care of it. Who's got more power than God? So what kind of power have you got over to take care of you? The whole powers that created the universe is plural. Amen, that took the solar system, oh my, and blew every star went to its place. He watches over you and the church said, that's the kind of father we have. I many believes what you just heard read. That's the kind of father we have. Notice again he says, God's purpose can never be defeated. There is nothing can defeat it. So how happy we ought to be today, resting upon that beautiful revelation of the word of the living God that there is neither things present nor things can come, nor sickness, nor sorrow, nor death, nor perils, nor anything can separate us from the purpose of the living God. Oh, but Brother Donnie, it's bad. The world is in bad shape. I know it is, friends, but there is nothing that can separate you from the purpose of the living God. It ought not to weigh us down in this troublesome time. It ought to give us such a consolation to know the same God that held Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel in the lion's den is the same one that's got a hold to your life today. But I'm in the middle of trouble. That's right, you may be, but he He will bring you out of that trouble because there is nothing can stop his purpose. Hallelujah. There is nothing can ever separate God's great, immortal, eternal plan. It must be as God has said. Notice again, Paul, in verse 39, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us. Again, I love the way the prophet says it this way. He called by election. He sent his church in order. And he said, no man can come except the Father draws him. You never come to God because you wanted to. You come because Christ called you. If you're saved today because you wanna be, if you change your mind, that means you're lost again. But if you're saved because he chose you, well, that means you'll never be lost. Amen. Amen, it is part of my rights. Then if it is my right, why should I fear? Why should I worry? Oh, I hope I can make it, I hope I can make it. I've already made it by the grace of God. There is nothing that can stand before us that will hinder us. Oh, but Brother Donnie, the tribulation, this is coming, that's coming. That ain't got no effect on me, I'm bride. I ain't gonna be your middle tribulation period. I'm going home in a rapture. I'm going home in a body shed. Well, what if you get sick? He said he'd heal me. What if you face disaster? He said he'd raise me up. What if you face all kinds of terrible things? I have, I have my entire our walk with God look friend I didn't get saved just yesterday I've been serving him for decades and let me stand right here and tell you today he has never all the years that I've been serving him he has never let me down he has never failed me anybody witness to the same thing I've been pastoring for over 40 years and I'll tell you right now he has never failed me one time he will never fail any of us if we can trust him or, of course, we can just sit around and worry. I told you of the so called prophecy that I heard years ago in Pentecost when someone spoke in tongues and then someone supposedly prophesied and said, Yay, yeah, the times are so troubled. Even I, the Lord God, am shook up. That's not my Lord God. My Lord God ain't never been shook up. They make no nerve pills for the Almighty. The Almighty does not need any nervous tonic. He don't have restless leg. He don't have restless hand. He don't have restless heart. He don't have restless mind. As a matter of fact, when he come to the earth and they thought they killed him and he showed up down on hell's door and he knocked on the devil's door and the devil come to the door and said, oh, it's you. The Lord Jesus was not standing there shaking. Oh, I'm so terrified, devil. I'm so terrified. He said, I thought I got you when I got able. Yeah, he said, but I have arrived and my blood it's hot on Calvary, and I've come for the keys. Let me tell you something, the Lord Jesus reached and grabbed a hold to the key of death, and hell, and cancer, and TB, and oppression, and sadness, and weariness, and he kicked that door shut, and the devil don't even have the keys to his own house. And you are free. You are free. Or you can be like this. (laughs) Or you can use reverse psychology on the devil. And then when he comes around and goes to making you, (laughs) you're going to say, Uh Uh-uh, devil. I was only acting. I wanted to get you close so I could burn your hide with a word. (laughs) So devil, instead of me being nervous, I've got an idea that you might ought to be the one nervous because the more preaching I'm hearing, the more I realize who I am. I'm a son and daughter of God. I can't be lost, I can never perish, I can never be canceled out of the mind of God. I'm here for a purpose and part of that purpose is to tread on serpents and to be able to stand against you, cast out devils, heal the sick, and live a life that makes hell tremble. Oh, wouldn't it be awesome if our church could make Nervous devils go to doing this. I hope after this service, all of them that's here, there's a bunch of them here. I can feel them. But I hope they go like this down to hell after church. Satan said, "Lord, have mercy. Where have you been?" Whoa, 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 word of b- 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 life of a life. Spit it out, devil. Word of life church. <laughs> so? Did you hear know what he preached? There's a young man on the front that got it. There's a young sister there that got it. There was another one back there got it. I know if they ever see who they are, we're in trouble. <laughs> If they ever see who they are, if they ever get it, they don't have to worry, they don't have to fret. He loves them, he cares for them. I personally would like to visit hell on the occasion after church services. They're pulling them demons down into the rehab section Where was you at this morning? <laughs> Up in Virginia. Where was you? Zimbabwe. Bad. It was bad. <laughs> and Satan has this demon psychologist. Now altogether, we are saying it. We are more than them. We can conquer these people. Remember, they were former drunks. They were former liars. They were former unbelievers. I consider little devil earth, can I say something? What? You had the right word, former. (laughs) They ain't no more. They ain't no more. They're recognizing who they are. They're washed. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I will give him everlasting life. Not just lasting for a week, one revival to another, but everlasting eternal life and we will raise him up at the last day. If that doesn't take the wind out of, the, out of Satan's sails. I love doing that. I love taking the wind out of Satan's sails. Because here we are out on this sea of time and Satan is depending upon the trade winds. Now those of you that studied trade winds understand that they at one time in the world before they'd be able to go around the earth and explore it, they thought if you could ever get away from what they known as civilization and the winds would carry you that way, they'd proven it, that the winds was moving a certain way on the earth. But they thought there'd be no way back. So you just go in that one direction and you never get back. And then someone ventured out and found out that the winds come back another way. So you're out there, they have no boat motors. They have no other way. The only way they can move is the wind. So I wonder what kind of people would be here today if the spirit of God is able to take this word and go, and blow the wind out of the devil's sails and the devil's sitting out there in the hot ocean. Whew, whew, whew. What in the world's going on? It's that preacher? It's that preacher I keep telling you. dumb bunch of not heads, they get alone and get to praying and some of them go to breaking into some kind of language and talking strange stuff like I never heard in my life. I know some of them boys are dumber than dirt daubers. Well, they ain't smart at all. How in the world can they speak in so so many languages? It's more than I understand and they come out of there, they go in that study, I have everything in the world I can to stop them, I have the service to be a little bit tight, and the guitar breaks a string and the PA don't work, and this don't work and that don't work, and you know what they do, they say, we're not letting the devil stop this service, we're having church here today. So they go ahead and they start preaching, they start saying, and them saints, it's like bombs, it's like a, a smart bomb. And he'll come over them with a drone and all of a sudden he'll push the trigger. And they see it. Oh my Lord, that's me. And then he'll fly over another one and it drops on that one and that one and that one and that one and, that one. and I, I was convinced the majority of them weren't even coming back Wednesday night. I done had them so down and so defeated. They said, well, I guess this will be my last day coming to church. I ain't never coming back. After church, they went looking for me. And they said, all right, devil, where are you? Where are you? You liar. You liar. You have defeated me. You stole my joy. You stole my happiness. You caused me to worry from the time I wake up till I go to bed at night, and then you even torment my dreams with worrying dreams. But guess what? Today, devil, after this service, I ain't worried. <laughs> now I ain't going to ask you to raise your hands because I don't want you to lie. But I wonder how many of you are brave and bold enough in God to make such a statement to hell. I will never worry. Well, I guess we'll close the service because I done killed it, ain't I? <laughs> and then friends, you wonder. You say, "Well, we've got everything we need, do we?" I wonder what kind of church we could be if we could believe and take God at His Word. Brother Donnie, how can you say such a thing when your daughter has been given up? By the doctors, one after another, after another. Because my hope and in the doctors. Amen. But Brother Donnie, they have no more treatment. Well, I agree with that. But Jesus does. Amen. Amen. But her pain has got worse. It has. And as it gets worse, we just pray more, don't we? That don't change one thing. But the Daniel, aren't you worried, oh, aren't you afraid that the, the, the devil's gonna take her out of God's hands? That devil can never take one out of God's hands. He ain't big enough, he ain't got enough power. Come on children, I ain't just talking about my daughter, I'm talking about yours and your sons and your family and your children. But instead of believing, we worry. Paul said there's nothing present, nothing future, neither sickness or peril. Nothing could ever separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. No backbidings, no ups, no downs, nothing else. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, sickness, sorrow, hunger, strife, differences in the church, difference of opinion, no matter what it is, nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. Why? You have a legal right. Well, will I have trouble? Yes. Well, I have sickness, you will. Well, Satan hit me with everything he can. He certainly will. But even at that, he cannot do it unless God allows him to do it. And if God allows him to do it, he's doing it for a reason so that he can use you to prove his glory. Praise the Lord. Notice this, he gives you an abstract title all the way back and the blood of Jesus Christ, listen to this devil, the blood of Jesus Christ is just as good as it would have been shed 10 minutes ago. So if the Lord Jesus would have died right here on this pulpit 10 minutes ago and y'all would have saw the blood come out of his body and you needed saving, you'd run up and touch the blood and you needed healing. Oh, oh, I'll I'll, I'll touch the blood that come out of his body. That's the price of the atonement. I'll be healed. I'll be saved. I'll be delivered. Can you imagine in your mind it's just as powerful as if he would have died 10 minutes ago instead of over 2,000 years ago. But it won't do any good if you and I don't believe it's just as powerful. You believe he's just as much God? Is he as much God as he was whenever he said, let there be light and there was light? Absolutely. I said, every believer at your profession, you're just scared to use your rights. Scared to use your rights. What are we scared of? We're scared the devil will come back and try to get us. That's what we're scared of. Brothers, let's skip that next part. There's quite long. Let's go down to the next one handwriting on the wall, paragraph 21. And the devil likes to work on you and oppress you. You know, that's a trick of the devil. But when the Christian knows his legal rights, when you can quote God's word, I'll never leave thee or forsake thee, that takes all the oppression away and the clouds begin to clear back if you just know how God has promised, God is faithful, oh hallelujah, how many can take God at his word? Brother Donnie, what if I don't feel anything? Jesus never did say that. If you feel it, you're better. He said, did you believe it? Notice again, oh God, what an evil thing Satan is. He binds the helpless. He comes in by force. He puts the children of God into corners. But tonight he's exposed. And tonight we realize he is just a bluff. He has no legal rights. So if you go in after church today, and while you were going to church Somebody moved in your house. Now, Brother Philip, it took y'all a long time to build that pretty little house y'all got down there in them mountains. You and Sister Robin go home and, oh, there's a man of 14 kids that moved in and three wives, 14 donkeys, eight cows. They turn your horses out and that pretty really nice fence and pasture. they're out there trotting all over here and you go in. Of course, Brother Philip's just nice, humble, sweet, gentle brother and say, hope y'all enjoy your new place. Well, if he done that, Sister Robin would hit him in the mouth and say, out of the way, Philip, I'll take care of this. There ain't one of us. I don't care how humble, how loving, how gentle. If we would go home and someone had moved in our house while we were at church and we said, well, I guess we'll just have to find us another place to live. Hope you all enjoy it. And they still, you get ready to say, hey, wait a minute. Don't you think we're gonna pay the payments? Give us your forwarding address because you're still paying the payments, you pay the insurance and you pay the upkeep. Yes, yes, I'll I'll give you my address as soon as I get a little pup tent on the side of the road and I'll let you know what my mailbox is. No, we'd never do that when it comes to our natural possession. We'd fight. We'd take somebody to court. Don't sit there and look at me like you wouldn't do it. Why, you'd sue somebody in a New York minute. If they come out there and they stole your car, you might have an old jalopy on the outside and it's sitting out there, ain't started in five years. And somebody say, well, you believe that he stole my car. That belonged to great uncle so-and-so-and-so-and-so. If you would do that for a car, if you would do that for a house, what about your health? What about your peace? What about your joy? What about your right to be a son? honor, daughter of God. We need to take the devil to court and say, Lord Jesus, he's trying to steal my body. He's trying to steal my health, but I wanna sue the devil. So you sisters go in and there they are sitting in the kitchen. You got all over your young uns and told them to clean up the orange juice and, and pick up all the toast and all that stuff and here are these bunch of dead beats have come in. They got mud all over their shoes. They ruined your pretty clean floor. They went into your closet and they went into your pantry and they've emptied everything out, took what they wanted and they're piled up there in the house and they're, they're smoking and they're drinking and they're committing adultery and doing all kinds of evil and you tell me you're gonna let them do that? What are you gonna do? 9-1-1. Our kids know it. I hope they don't know it better than we know, J-E-S-U-S. So Satan moved in your body with a disease? Moved in between you and your wife at home? You can't even have a conversation without arguing? You know what's happened? Satan has took up residence in your habitation. You need to pick up your spiritual phone and say, Jesus, I'm sick of this. This devil has stolen my health. I don't have any peace in my mind left. I'm in constant turmoil, Lord. I go to church, I have no peace. I lay down at night, I have no peace. It's unbelievable how many of our small children that I have prayed for in the last few weeks that cannot sleep at night. Unbelievable how many of your children are fighting oppression and demonic power and won't even let them sleep or torment them with awful dreams. I'm sick of it. What about parents? Well, Brother Donnie, I guess that just just comes with the end time. And I I guess, you know, there ain't really nothing we can do. Speak for yourself. I'm called to cast out devils. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Satan has no legal rights over our family, over our heritage, Over our body. Now, Brother Donnie, you can just expect it now. You and Sister Carol turned 67, we all know. And you're getting to be an old man. I didn't need you to tell me that, but thank you for the info. But show me one scripture in the Bible that tells me I have to be trodden down with blood pressure. Show me one scripture in the Bible. I find in my Bible, that my Bible says, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in. Would somebody please tell me the age limit on that verse? You're free to sin. Except when you get on Medicare, you really need a 10. Lord, I never thought I'd ever be old enough to sign up on Medicare, but believe it or not, your pastor is on Medicare. But I already had a Medicare. It come from the cross. And this one here don't just include scripts. It includes divine health. I know you don't hear it preached much in the message. I never have heard it myself. I have never heard a sermon preach on divine health, even though the prophet uses those terms and the Bible does. But it's still in the Bible and it's still in the message. A lot of folks emphasize divine healing, divine healing. What about divine health? What about divine health? Well, how good is, well, how old are you? 120, well, glory to God, why not have a little shouting divine health when you're 119. Well, you mean God can do it? We are the ones that limit God, not God himself. So we just accept it. Well, high blood runs in my family. I guess I might as well go ahead and get on high blood pressure pills. Lumbago. Oh, oh, oh. Lumbago runs in my family. And uh, flat feet. Yep, flat feet. If you claim everything every member of your family's got, what do you want me to say at your funeral? You'll be doing good to live to Wednesday night. Where do we get all this? Where does the Bible tell us? Start claiming blood pressure when you get so old. Where does the Bible instruct us? Where does the message instruct us? Alzheimer's kicks in in your family at a certain, certain age. Well, I mean, I hate that thing. But who says I have to run in that same cycle? Why not let that Alzheimer's cycle break with me or break with you or break with you or break with you? Or you wanna stand in line for Alzheimer's? You wanna stand in line for Parkinson's? You wanna stand in line for the rest of this stuff? It don't mean he won't try to put it on you but it means you ain't signing for it. You look the devil in the face and say that, take that box of rattlesnakes right back to hell where you come from. We ain't a serpent handling church. That's the only way we handle devils is kick them right back to hell. Take your sickness back to hell. I know some of you thinking, I'm wondering about Brother Donnie, is Alzheimer's kicking in? Uh. It's the mind of Christ, actually. (laughs) Let me find a place to close. There's no need for us to live an underprivileged people. There's no need for us to live in a defeated state because he defeated the devil and took all the principalities and powers and subdued them under his feet and they have no legal rights to rule over you. We are Christians filled with the Holy Ghost and we don't have have to have the devil dictate to us. Christ delivered us, total deliverance. Delivered us from evil, delivered us from sin, delivered us from habits, Delivered us from talking. Well, some of us don't need deliver from that, for sure. Delivered us from blackguard. Delivered us from all kinds of smutty things. He totally delivered us and put us into his holy hands. A complete, total deliverance. Praise God, praise God. It's my right, it's my right to walk with an inseparable attitude. Toward God. Even when I don't feel him. How many go through that in your life and you just don't feel the Lord the way you want to? People around you feeling it everywhere and just seem like you can't feel nothing. You think, God, what's going on? What, Lord, have you left me? No, that's your right. He can never do that. Let me close with this. You see, God knew there would have to be a way by which he would project such things as I've taught you about this morning. Because to the carnal mind, it makes no sense. And as much as we love and appreciate all that medical science has done to help us, but you know yourself in your lifetime, most of you, that medical science has started identifying more genes and more things that are inherited. So if somebody in your family winds up with a certain thing, then they want to check everybody else in the family. Well, have they got it? oh that's in your gene pool and if you're not careful you will accept that and science is making it easier for you to believe years ago people didn't know that many of these things run in their gene pool so they didn't expect them but now we do so now you can go get scanned Lord have mercy I wouldn't recommend that you come out of there with a list that long Well, you're prone to this, you're prone to that. I wonder how many people sign for the whole list before they get to the parking lot to pick up their car. Mm -hmm. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Several New Testament words are used for this word mind. This one here is nuos. Understanding, judging the capacity for spiritual truth. The faculty of perceiving divine things. You see, this is why some church members can never perceive spiritual things of God. A sermon like today, they say, I visited that church today. I believe that's the most strange place I've ever been in my life. A preacher must have they must just give him a pass out of the old, you know, something like that. That was the nuttiest guy I ever heard in my life. They say so he's talking about all this stuff. I never heard no such stuff. Well, you see, the natural carnal church person cannot be able to comprehend because they don't have the mind of Christ, the nuos of Christ. Notice what it is the faculty of perceiving divine things, of recognizing goodness. And of hating of evil. This is why many church people become involved in something so evil and so wrong in a church body. Because they don't have the ability to discern between the two. So Satan can move right among them. Or the false doctrine or whatever it is. Move right among them. And it's amazing. Good people that love the Lord. And they'll side with the wrong thing. We think, How can that be? They're missing the mind of Christ. They don't have the ability to discern between right and wrong. So they will look at something as wrong as it can be by the word and they will look at it and say, I don't see nothing wrong with it. I think it's okay. I think that's a good man. That's a good woman. I think that's good. I think that's okay. Why? They're missing this. Now watch the power of considering and judging soberly, calmly, and impartially but you see a person without the mind of Christ will make judgments based upon how well they like that individual or that individual and if they like that person better than that person they'll take the scriptures and apply it in a whole lot more stern way because they like this one better well they're missing mind of Christ they're not missing scriptures they're missing the ability to judge impartially well, it's the same way when it comes to our position in Christ. This is why the bride has a different mind than the church. So the church just thinks about getting along and just being able to survive in this world. But the bride thinks about what should I be? What does he want me to be? What is my inheritance? Where am I going? What, what, what lays in front of us? Well, you believe whatever you want to believe. I just read it this morning where the prophet said that he was looking for a time to come on the earth When the anointing of God would come back on the earth and a refilling of this church would be a refilling of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that would be the dynamics. I'm looking for that myself. I'm not sure what you're looking for. A peculiar mode of thinking and judging, thoughts, feelings, purposes, and desires. So he has endowed us with the same disposition so we can read the word. And with the mind of Christ, if we have that, we will read the word and we get out of it the exact same thing that God does. Ah. Therefore, we're capable of knowing his mind and finding out his will for our lives. So these teachings then are handed down to those who are part of the initiated. Mm-hmm. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God? So let the mind of self-emptying be in you. The mind of self-emptying, self-denial, self-crucifixion. This is the way Jesus came to the earth. This was his mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, I hope you can take the other verse. But made himself of no reputation. No reputation. So he wasn't a big guy. You know, I'm the biggest guy among my mama stuff shirt type of guy. I'm the big guy. No, the mind was self-emptying. You see, when we meet God on these grounds and we empty self, God looks at us as a vessel ready to receive more of him. Listen that. So the mind of Christ means the attitude exhibited by Christ himself. So your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. And of course your attitude will determine your attitude. Your altitude will also be determined by your destiny. And you will be joined together with the other ones who've received the mind of Christ down through every age. Listen to this. The angel of God. It's the mind of Christ the human being has the privilege to enter in. I know the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. What a reality to dwell in the channel of Christ. We unworthy mortals, we've been brought to be sons and daughters of God to be fellow citizens. So we're given the opportunity. I love it this way when the prophet was sitting in his room and the Spirit of God came into the room and said, pick up your pen and write. You're familiar with it, but let us start on down into it a few paragraphs. Now here is the secret. The bride not only has the word, but she has the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with the word. But you see, what Satan wants to do is mimic and impersonate those around us. And they think just because they have the word alone, that's all they need. But watch what they do with it and they'll tell you whether they're out of their mind or not. So what does God do? projects to the elect the mind of Christ. You see, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, I have no other. No other. Now remember, there was Philemon, there was Titus, there was all kinds of other preachers, but Paul said, There is none other like you who is of the same mind as I am. So Timothy was able not only to get Paul's epistles and Paul's quotes, but he got the same mind to know what God wanted done with Paul's word. What was it? Replicate Christ not make a system. So I'm asking you then, what are you doing with the Word God's given you? We have this message, we have the Bible, we have all these things, so what are you doing with it? What do you think God wants done with the Word? Just memorize it, talk it, debate about it, argue it, fuss it. What do you think, God, I'm asking you, what do you think God wants done with his word? Nobody's going to answer. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what he wants done. And then you see where you're at. He wants this word to be made flesh in us. Read it. Yes. Listen to it. Yes. Say amen to it. Yes. But don't stop there. With the mind of Christ, you take that and become a part of that word. That when people see you, they see an epistle. You say, that's crazy. It is not. It's your New Testament. Paul called them people, and them believers in his day, written epistles of God. Read and known of all men. How many wants it with all your heart? Let's bow our heads together if you would. You see if God can get us as his people to this place that we not only memorize the word. So when we're sick, we quote scriptures about sickness. When we're fighting battles, we quote scriptures about whatever it is. But God don't want us just quoting scriptures, but God wants us at his time and his season. Now listen to me carefully to where it won't be you quoting it, but the Father himself will quote it. And you might quote the scripture if you say, to this mountain be moved? But if God ever says it, that mountain is gone. Praise the Lord. How many wants that in your life? God can speak his word out of our lips. I know it's astounding, friends. I know it's absolutely be considered idiotic, to many people of the world. But yet the prophet said there's human faith and there's the faith of God and you must have a godly faith to believe. Now to have that godly faith you must have the mind of Christ in you. That's how God projects to you visions, revelations and all these things by Christ's mind being in you. So your right is inseparable and then here's another right you have a right to have the mind of Christ. It's your right to have the mind of Christ. Heavenly Father, as we have our heads bowed. We're asking you today for your help. I know, Lord, that any person that would be physically able to read and able to hold the Bible would be able to read these verses. But no doubt they would have a theological explanation to explain why why it just doesn't make sense that we could have the mind of Christ. But this is your word. Lord, I'm facing things in my life. I don't know what to do. No doubt some of these people standing here today could say the same thing. They don't know which way to turn. They don't know what to do. Yep, they have scriptures, they have quotes, but they still don't know what to do with them. Lord God, we need you in our lives in such a way of direction. Oh, we love it when we cry. We love it when the joy bells are ringing and we're jumping and shouting and praising God. We love it. And when we get done shouting and we get done rejoicing, Your prophet said, we want to know we have the same amount of water that we had when we was jumping up and down. So we want to have the peace of God and direction. Some of these young people, Lord, in their last year of college, some of them, Lord, trying to decide on their their major. What are they going to do? They're going here, they're going there. Help them to realize that's not just their choice alone. But they should go to you and ask you, Father, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to be? Help these business people today, Father, to realize their business is not their own. You're the one who gave them that business. You only simply entrusted them with the ability to be able to do it. Help them to realize they need you more than ever before. Help every Christian in this place today. Help me, Lord, every other minister to realize we need you in our lives for direction, for leadership. More than we've ever needed you. Oh God, help us. Help us, Father. I need your mind, my Lord. Hallelujah. We need you, Lord Jesus. I don't need to be saved. I've been saved since I was 12. I don't need the Holy Ghost. I've had it for years. I don't need to be called to preach. I've been doing that for years. But I need your direction, oh God. I need your mind, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I cannot lead this church by my understanding, I cannot lead this people by the direction I might think we need to go. I need you. We've never been this far before. We've never been where we are. Oh God, I need you, Lord. Help me. Help me, Jesus. These fathers need you in their home, these men need you to guide their wives, their children. Help us, Lord Jesus. We need your mind, oh Father. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. I mean, we'd like to just as join your prayer with me today. Lord, I need you. Men, women, boys, girls, I mean, needs the direction of God in your life like never before. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for every one of the ministers here at the church. I pray for the deacons, the trustees, Lord. Sunday school superintendent, Lord. All of those that make decisions around here. Father, we need you. We don't want our church to be run like a business. We don't want our church to be run like some type of enterprise or some type of corporation. We want it to be led by the Holy Ghost. We're not looking for men that are money-minded and business-minded so much, but men that wanna see a move of God, men that desire to see the lost saved, the sick healed, forget a corporation. Forget executives and this and that. We want the Holy Ghost. We want healing, Lord. We need miracles among us, Father. Oh, Jesus, if you don't move, some of them will die. Lord God, there's people in our assembly, if you don't move, they will not live. If you don't move, Satan will overpower them. But we're calling upon your great name today, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't stand here as a business executive. I don't stand here as some CEO or some corporate level. Lord God, I stand here as a servant of yours. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Petitioning you for your leadership, Father. Help us, oh Lord. Help us, oh Lord. We need your healing. We need your deliverance. We need your peace. Lord God, we need you in this hour of darkness and trouble. May the Spirit of God come upon every heart here today, Lord. May they say these similar words I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Would you do it before Him, saints? Do you need him? Can you humble yourself and say, I need you, Lord. I need you right now, Lord Jesus. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Amen. Can we just raise our hands? Now maybe you're facing the decision. You don't know what to do. You need some direction. Tell him. He loves it when his children ask him for guidance. Father, I'm I'm facing a business decision. Lord, I'm I'm looking at a merge. I'm doing this. I'm thinking about this or that or the other. Is it the right thing to do? Lord, my son, my daughter, me and my wife are thinking about doing this or that. Lord, would you help me? Would you help me to know what to do, Father? Oh, how much trouble we would save ourselves if we would seek the face of God before we make such important decisions. That's all Satan wants us to do is run ahead of the will of God. Oh, Jesus, we worship you, Lord. Let's just take this moment right now this, in this presence. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Sing it with all your hearts to him. Oh, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, we lift our hands and bow our knees and worship at your throne. We need you, Lord. Right now, everybody, I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Right now, right now. We need Hallelujah. Oh, I need you, Lord. You need healing. You need deliverance. I need you need direction, you, leadership? Tell him. Tell him what We're you need. You need a refilling of the Holy Ghost? You need your joy restored? Tell him. Lift
0: I lift face. my hands,
1: bow we my bow knees. knees, and worship at your throne. I need you, Lord. Tell him, tell him, We need you. Tell him,
0: Lord. I need you, Lord. We need you. Lord. We need you, Jesus. Right, right now. now.
1: Right now.
0: Never before. We need, we need
1: you. Lord, Lord. We need you. people need you. need you, Lord. Our fathers need you. Right Our brothers now. need you. The preachers need you.
0: Heads. We lift our hands, bow. I need you Lord, I need you Lord right now, I lift my hands, bow my knees, and worship dar wo now, Jesus, come my way, I lift my hands, bow my knees, and woe, you. I need you, Lord. I can't live without you. I need you, Lord, right now. I desperately need you, Jesus. I need you, Lord. Oh, I need you, Lord. Come my way. Come my way. our hands bow our knees and worship at your throne we worship holy
1: oh, we need adore. you lord
0: we need Hallelujah. you Hallelujah. Right.
1: Lord. I need you Lord need you. Right now Right now Right now Jesus Jesus. I need you Lord I need you Lord I need Lord God, you Lord Right now Thank you Father Thank you Father I lift my hands And I bow
0: my
1: knees and I worship at your throne. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord God. Praise the Lord God. We worship you today, Father. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you. We lift our voices to the Most High. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Thou art worthy, for thou wast slain. And redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred, people, nation, and tongue, we worship you, great Adonai, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Tiskanu, Jehovah Shama, Jehovah our banner, Jehovah our righteousness, Jehovah our Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Can we just lift our hands in the presence of the King? Now you, just from your heart, just let him know how much you love him, what he means to you. Praise the Lord. You're inseparable from his presence. He wants to lead you and guide you. He wants to love you. When the ministers sent me a quote yesterday. And the prophet said, the Lord watches over you day and night wanting to do things for you. Watches over you day and night wanting to do things for you. Can you imagine God wanted Moses to build a tabernacle and put it in the midst of the congregation? God wanted to come down by his Shekinah and live in that holiest of holies. God wanted to hear them talk about their children and their problems and their issues and their troubles. God said, make me a tabernacle, Moses, so I can dwell among my people. How honored we ought to feel today that God don't want just to live in this place here and then when we go home here in a few minutes, then we leave God behind, but we take him with us and our souls because God said, I don't want to leave you children. When you sit down and talk to your wife about your issues, I want you to know I'm there listening when you're concerned about your grandkids, when you're concerned about your bills, and you're concerned about this and that, I want you to know I'm in your midst. And I'd be honored to help you if you'd let me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord God. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Forgive us for not making you a bigger part of our lives. Oh, Jesus, we want you to be part of our family. We want you to be part of our decision-making about our children's education, about our vocation in life and what we should do. I believe you'd help us more if we'd only let you, but somehow we think we're troubling you too much. How many times have I been building something and I just couldn't figure it out? Or how many times have I been refinishing something and I could not get the stain combination correct? And I would stop and pray, and all of a sudden a thought would come to me. Mix this American cherry, number 206, with dark oak, number 185, and then mix it together, and there was the answer. Lord, you're concerned about the little things. Oh, if these people only realized how much you want to be a part of their morning coffee. When they're sitting there at their table and they're dreading the day and they're dreading the things they've got to face. If they just talked to you, their dreads would be lifted and the worries would be gone and they could start the day with peace instead of worry. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. We worship you, Holy Father. Thank you, Lord God. Sing something else for us, Let's just worship. Can we just take a few more minutes? I know you got your lunch and all that. But let's just take a few, few more minutes before we go in His presence. Oh,
0: Father, out on the water, storms raging high. Thank you. The waters around them. Yes. But trouble their mind. So true. A fear in their hearts. And they thought they would die. Thought they would die. Fail to remember. Hallelujah. The master, was, the master not. was not He spoke the word. The wind all, all stood still. Even the water Hallelujah. must oh, obey his will. He calmed their storms. Just like He were mine If I'll just remember He lives deep inside Why should I worry? Why should I fear? The very same Jesus He stays always near He lives in my heart and He hears when I cry. I call on the Master till the storm passes by. We read in the Bible how He walked with them brought light with the darkness when the way grew so dim. How great it would be to have his steps leading mine, to walk with the Master all of the time. When troubles come and death seems so nigh, I call on the Master, he said he'd be there right on time. When I'm in, I'm in trouble, trouble and my body is in pain, in pain. You, All I have to do is Hallelujah. call, call his, name. On his name Why should Why I should worry? We worry? Why, should, Why we worry? should I fear the very, very same, same Jesus. Jesus He stays always, always. He lives in my heart and he hears
1: when I cry. I I
0: I call on his name till the storm passes by.
1: Why should I worry? Why should I fear when that very same Jesus is standing right near you this morning?
0: lives in my heart. Oh, hallelujah. Help he us, Lord, when Forgive I us. cry. Forgive us for not Call sin on God. His name till the storm God. passes. God. By. Thank you,
1: Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, Father. We worship you, Lord God. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you, saints. That means it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Turn and shake hands with somebody, tell them God bless you. Turn and tell somebody it's good to be in the house of the Lord. God bless you. I'll see you again. Go in the fear of God. Amen. May God be with you. Keep you by his grace. Sing something for us here. Let's just rejoice together as we go. May God drive the worry from your hearts, the anxiety from your spirit, May you find faith, joy, peace in its place. We'll be a happier people, will we not? There's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond. Where the saints of earth shall soon the glory share. Where the souls of men shall enter and live on forevermore. Everybody will be happy over everybody will be happy will be happy over there oh, we will shout and sing God's praises everybody will be happy over there well we'll hear nobody praying and no mourning that land, for no burdens there will be for us to bear, and the people will be singing glory, glory to the Lamb, everybody will be happy over there, oh, everybody will be happy, will be happy, oh. The one who saved us. Everybody who brought us to that land of promise?
0: We will praise His name forever as we look upon
1: His face. Everybody will we'll be happy over there.
0: sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Everybody will be happy, will be happy. Everybody will be happy over there